Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Friday. And now from the Bob and Cherry Studios on this fabulous Friday, it's Bob and Cherry. It is the Bob and Sherry Show. We're so glad to have you here. And we have something brand new. It's called the Bob and Sherry Warranty. If you are not satisfied with what you're hearing on the Bob and Sherry Show for only $19.95 a month, we will have someone call you up and, 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 and tell you what we're talking about, what we mean, what we stand for so that you understand. $19.95 a month. And uh, we're asking Sherry to be the person to make these phone calls to, to fill the rest of her day when she has nothing to do. So once again, so many empty hours, (laughs) it's the Bob and Sherry warranty. Be sure to get it. Um, I have something here that I mean, I look at it and I'm kind of ticked off because I've, I've been hearing about this for a long time, but here it is again. Uh, by the way, I'm going to call this, I I have a new feature I'm coming up with right now. It's called, they say, you know, how many things I look at and, and it starts with, they say, they say robots will do more than a third of our household chores in the next decade. This is according to scientists. Artificial intelligence experts say food shopping will be the easiest for machines to master, followed by cleaning and dishwashing. The hardest will be childcare. This is out of Oxford University. They say in 10 years, domestic automan, uh, automation could reduce the amount of time spent on housework by 39%. What do you think about that? You think that's going to happen in 10 years from now? I robots uh, going to do the dishes. It can't happen soon enough. Yeah, it can't yeah. happen soon. I'm cuz I'm currently the robot that does that. It can't happen yeah. soon enough. Yeah. But this idea of robots doing childcare, you know why yeah. it's so hard for them to learn? Because you have to love children to do childcare right. and robots are Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quack, you know what happened to me if I were a little kid? I'd be wanted. Hey, Dad, could we go out in the back and throw the ball, throw the baseball? Uh, why don't you get the robot to go out in the back, <laughs> throw the baseball? Bobby. With Bobby. And I'm, I'm there, and I'm throwing it back and forth to the robot. And the robot doesn't have a name, so I call him Mr. Wheels. <laughs> Mr. Wheels, can, so sad. can you go That's out in the so backyard sad. and throw the, can you throw the baseball with me, Mr. Wheels? And we're out there 
then after a few days, you know, Mr. Wheels, could I call you daddy? <laughs> this, this would be after a few days, this would be Mr. Wheels. Yes, Bobby, please don't talk so much. Just like with my father, just like with my father. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Although there are times, you know, as a parent, you'd give anything in the world to have a robot come by and just keep these kids shut up for a while. If you have like my two God. or three that are under the age of 10, it's just yeah. crazy. My parents would have um, had robot babysitters in a heartbeat. The problem is, is they wouldn't have been able to buy like real robot babysitters. So right. my dad would have hooked a car battery up to some old lawnmower parts and a radio. And that would have been <laughs> right. our robot babysitter. Yeah, that's right. Just like the other kids. I mean, mm. Lamar, can you imagine growing up with robot babysitters where you grew up? Come on. Well. It would have been it would have been nice not to get that secondhand smoke for fifteen years. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, with our luck, the robot smokes. You know, the, the robot yeah. smokes. <laughs> robot smokes and just turns its back because it's bored with us. The only, the, only reason, having... the only reason the only reason I'm still alive is we didn't have air conditioning in the car, so they had to roll the windows down. Because if we'd had air conditioner, yeah. I'd had black oh, yeah. lung. I, mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, Bob, having your robot nanny be called Mr. Wheels, I may not be able to finish the rest that. of this day. It's the saddest thing <laughs> I've <Mr>. ever <laughs> You gotta stay alive, you know. You gotta just play the the hand that you're dealt. You know, if, if it's Mr. Wheels, it's Mr. Wheels. Can you imagine the stories, though? Bob randomly keying the mic and going, you know, last night I was thinking about that time Mr. Wheels took me to get a haircut before my school pictures. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we changed schools. My father dropped me off with Mr. Wheels to check me in. (laughs) And Mr. Wheels was like, don't worry, Bobby. I am sure you will make new friends. Yes, if I had money, exactly. this would be a movie. If I had the money, this would be a movie. Bobby and Mr. Wheels. Bobby and Mr. Wheels, yeah. It'd be a great It'd be animation. Sad. Yeah, very sad. The robot very would sad. die at the end. It'd yeah. be like a Disney yeah. film. The robot would die. <laughs> no, what would happen is Mr. Wheels would get left behind in one of the moves with Hoppy the dog. Oh, yeah. In the garage. Play that scene out, Bob. Where, where's Mr. Wheels? Where's Mr. Oh, Wheels? He can't come with us. No. I saw him in the garage. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be fine. It's Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Sherry website. The Oddcast. Contest info. BobandSherry.com. Go to BobandSherry.com to nominate a teacher to win a summer vacation from Visit Florida to stay at Margaritaville Beach Resort in fabulous Fort Myers Beach, Florida. Well, here we go, going off to another day at work, all the people listening to us. Hope you have a good day out there. I hope you like what you're doing. Did you make some good choices in your life? I have for you here career advice parents wish they were given when they were young. All right? Career advice parents wish they were given when they were young, but they were not given it. Number one. Venture outside your comfort zone. 
that's a very good idea. Maybe there's something else out there for you to do that you never thought of. You thought you couldn't do it. Maybe you could do it. Do what's right for you, not what others around you are doing. Yeah. Maybe, you know, everybody you know is going to work in a fact the same factory in your town. Maybe you want to go someplace else, see what's out there in the world. If you have a problem or you need help, ask. Work to live. Don't live to work. Always ask questions. I wish I had done that more. I, 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 I wish I had done that more. You know, I wish I'd what would you said to an occasion. What would I have asked? Yeah. Um, why, how did you get hired as a program director here? Uh, that's one of the questions. Oh, then you would have had to listen to the answer. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> You oh, wouldn't yeah. have asked it but once. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's oh, true. Most program directors are great, it. but we've had two or three. Oy vey. Uh, take advantage of opportunities that come up. All right. Learn and grow from your mistakes. No one is perfect. Play to your strengths. Follow your passions. You're never too old to change your career. And learn from colleagues. Don't compete. Those are all good things. I tell you what, um, there's one missing here career advice parents wish they were given when they were young. I wish I was given a trust fund when I was young. <laughs> yeah. I oh, think amen, that, brother. That, yes. I've, I've known of like two or three people, not an inheritance. I mean, I've known people that, who literally have inherited hundreds of millions of dollars. And, um, you know, like a, a big business has been in their family and then they sell it and they get hundreds of millions of dollars. But the trust fund thing, I knew of this one woman, my ex was a friend with her. She actually said at a party, I don't know anyone who has a bigger trust fund than I have. And then walked away with a red cup and a gin and tonic. And I just, I, wait, I never wait, she didn't say that out loud to other people's out faces, like out loud like, at a party. To, to a group of other people who barely know what a trust fund is, tell me again what she said. Well, first of all, the party was filled with affluent people um, and then me. But um, she said, I don't know what the, how it led into it. it maybe somebody said a cousin uh, has a trust fund and cousin gets $1,000 a month or whatever. And she just paused and said, I don't know of anyone who has a bigger trust fund than I have. Wow. Oh, my. What? So what, uh, what did anyone say in response to that? I don't recall. I don't think anybody got into it. You know, just maybe uh, not a nervous laugh because they were all kind of well to do. But, uh, whoa, I hear that, you know, or something like that. And it just I don't know why it stuck with me. Well, I do know I was, you know, jealous and annoyed. Um, but that must be something to be. Like going off to college and you know that you have, let's just pull a figure, $10,000, $20,000 a month that is coming your way because you can use it. Maybe you have to be 21 to get the trust fund. I don't know how they work. Um, but what a cushion in life to know that that in, in perpetuity is there. That must be amazing. The only negative with that, now I would like to have one and take my chances on the negative I'm about to say, right? I would absolutely like a do-over with a trust fund. But the only negative in that is you might never discover 
what you were made for and meant to do and what you could contribute to the world if you never had to chase that. I hear you. However, this person went into, I'm not going to say what business because this is getting too close to the bone, but she started her own business and became very successful and also helped uh, when she got married, helped her husband and had an amazing life. I'm not, yeah, I didn't say that nobody, Mm -hmm. I just said you might not, you might might not, not. yeah, yeah, yeah. If you You were prone to being a nerdy weld, you know, and you know you have that, why get up, you know, why stop drinking, you know, you could be a real D-bag if you knew it was always there. Well, not just that, but like the, you're, you know, you work your way, you work your way through your life and the, all the things that you learn and struggle with on that journey help you create the things that you create as you go. Yeah. And if you skip yeah. the struggle, are you going to create the things? And maybe you are. I don't know. I don't know. I In mean, case, maybe if you had enough, like I would like to have enough of a trust fund so that I didn't have to like totally sweat rent and health insurance. Yeah, but yeah, I still yeah. had to work, right? Do you know what yeah, I'm saying? Like yeah. enough so that oh, yeah. I still had to get out there and yeah. and get into you know jump into life but that i i wouldn't have to decide am i having generic tomato soup this week or electricity <laughs> like that's what right that's the kind of trust fund i would like that to have. that would be very nice it would be morons in the news is next it's bob and sherry morons in the news is sponsored by state farm like a good neighbor state farm is there Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. It's Bob and Sherry. Don't be a moron. With morons in the news. The only reason I'm bringing you this story in morons in the news is because of this woman's rap sheet. A Pennsylvania truck driver was arrested in Ohio. Columbus police were contacted by the police in Spring Township, Pennsylvania, asking for help regarding a warrant for Ayoka Keith, also known as Carol Ann Sumner. If you've got an also known with your name, you up to something, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) So anyway, they found her and she's an over the road truck driver. She was taken into custody without incident. Authorities are now working out transporting her back to Pennsylvania from Ohio. And right now she has 649 warrants for her arrest. What? 649 (laughs) warrants, including 322 felonies and 327 misdemeanors related to theft. How is she on the streets? How are you on the streets when you've been pinched over 600 times? I feel like you would be doing hard time if that was you. Yes. Like hard time. Don't you think after 250... Somebody would have said, "Mm, we need to straighten you out. That is just, I see why she has a second name. You'd have to have a second name to do that much chaos. You can't do it with just one. You'd think you'd need three, you'd need three or four names for that. You would think, yeah. yeah. Lamar? Constable Mark Herman's office in Harris County, Texas, received several calls about a man who visited at at least two different antique stores. The man, possibly from Scotland, was seen taking items from the stores and placing them under his Scottish kilt in the area of his tadger, bahuki, ball bag, if you will. Uh, The items included an antique bottle opener, 
a makeup brush, and a tobacco tent can, and he would enjoy very personal contact with these items, and then he would place those items back on the shelves. We don't know exactly what he did, but there's a good chance nobody wants to touch these things. The items were disposed of, according to officials. A warrant was issued for the man, and he was arrested on charges of criminal mischief. He was given a $100 bond. Now, if you are shopping for antique musical instruments in that area, I would go for the tuba, not the flute. That's just my thought. <laughs> Woo! Can, yeah, can I just say, yeah, that's true. As I have pointed out, there is a flavor of pervert for everything. This gentleman, this gentleman falls under the category of perverts who are keen on kilts, antique musical instruments, and touching things. That is yeah. such a specific narrow lane. You know, you think I think it's Mr. Joe's Antique Roadshow. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I'm going to give him some advice. Lose that kilt in jail. <laughs> or tighten it, one or the other. <laughs> one or the other. All right, so a mystery at the University of Central Florida has been solved. Back in, uh, back in the day, like 2018, word went out about Ratman. Ratman was some sort of cryptid silently walking around campus at night. And there were videos showing off um, Ratman. He was like a vigilante. Ratman fending off somebody trying to steal a bicycle. That went viral on YouTube. The school's Reddit page was flooded with pictures of Ratman. Even the UCF police department got involved, um, posting on Twitter that they were looking for their crime-fighting partner, UCF Ratman. So police said around that time, a couple of the department's officers um, met with, tried to meet with Ratman to give him an informal certificate of appreciation. But, you know, of course, he was an urban legend, or was he? Um, document, documentary filmmaker James Barry has published a documentary about Ratman. And just this week, um, the creator of Ratman has come forward and said, I had the idea to make a superhero in real life who was dressed like a rat. He created an outfit made up of a tail that also doubled as a weapon that he could womp his enemies with, a bandana, a gas mask, a utility bet, belt, and this reflective material that he wore on his eyes to make them glow red in photos. And so the mysterious urban legend, the cryptid Ratman, has been solved. And I think this is a first in American pop culture, where mm-hmm. one of these, yeah. like, how long have we been looking for Mothman, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Bigfoot mm-hmm. and all this yeah, other stuff. That's right. But the that's creators right. of Ratman have come forward. And even the police at UCF are like, you know, Ratman did good. We're, we're cool with Ratman. We're going to get this posted up on the Bob and Sherry <laughs> Facebook. It's Friday, and you know that that means the People's Movie Critic. Yeah. And this week, he is reviewing Lisa Frankenstein. It's Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. Everybody remembers the Chrisleys, right? Chrisley knows best. Of course, the mom and the dad are in prison right now. And the story that's circulating is that Savannah Chrisley is revealing that her mother may get out a little early. Uh, Her mother, Julie, is 51 years old, and she was sentenced to, let's see, 12 years in prison. 
And uh, no, I'm sorry. She was sentenced to seven years in prison and her husband 12 years in prison. So Julie, the mother, should be getting out of the Federal Medical Center in Lexington, October 19th, 2028. But she's hoping, according to People Magazine, to get out a little earlier because she's been teaching finance to other inmates. Oh, the irony. <laughs> oh, my. That took my my, spe- my breath away. <laughs> <laughs> she's teaching finance in prison, and she's hoping to get a reduced sentence. That story, I mean, that, that family for me was just so bizarre. Just so bizarre. Yeah, he had a lot of good things, but um, the guy was just weird. And that they both got sent to prison and the kids are left behind is just kind of mind-blowing, isn't it? It's a movie in itself. And you know that yeah. when they get out, it's all going to be okay. It's, yeah. They're going to make they're going to make bank off of this. It's all going to be fine. It I makes think you're right. It makes you a little right. bit crazy, doesn't it? Just it does. Yeah. Uh, Crisley un- un- Unleashed or something like that. They'll be right back on TV again. Because in America, we forgive. It's Bob and Sherry. The People's Movie Critic Review on Bob and Sherry is sponsored by Tide. Washing your clothes with Tide on cold cleans great and provides savings for your wallet and the environment. It is time now for The People's Movie Critic and his review of Lisa Frankenstein. You know, as a movie critic, I see a lot of movies. And most of the time, I've got a good idea what kind of movie I'm walking into. It's a comedy or a drama, action, horror. And sometimes it's a mixture of all that in a quirky sort of way. I can't always be sure, but I take a chance and every once in a while, I am rewarded with a great find. A good example of that is Warm Bodies. It's a zombie love story where R is a young, introspective zombie that meets Julie and they form a bond. It sounds stupid, but it's well-made, it's a hilarious movie, and I would recommend it to anyone that loves quirky movies. So I took a chance that with Lisa Frankenstein, I mean, it's just what a great sound. What's a great title? It's just a great title. You know, it's a movie about a girl, Lisa, who's played by Catherine Newton, whose life has been turned upside down by tragedy, and she finds herself at a new school her senior year in 1989. She's struggling to fit in, and her father has remarried to an evil stepmom, played by Carla Carla Gugino. Uh, Her stepsister, Taffy, who's played by Lisa Sabarano, she is sweet, she's supportive, and she may be actually the best part of this terrible movie. Lisa spends most of her time in an abandoned cemetery, and in the worst meet-cute ever, a freak accident that the movie does not even bother to explain or justify, a corpse becomes reanimated, and that corpse is played by Cole Sprouse. He never utters a word in the entire movie. He just grunts. Now, as she gets to know him, she must keep him a secret from her family and her classmates because they become close and good friends. Now, at this point, the stage is set. Everything is wide open. The possibilities are endless. But the first-time director, Zelda Williams, daughter of Robin Williams, can't seem to get any kind of continuity going on. The movie is all over the place. 
and it's over the top in everything they do. Now, we have murder by accident. We have murder to get spare body parts for the undead boyfriend. Uh, we're expected to be on Lisa's side because she's our hero, and we are on her side for a while, but then she turns into a selfish teenager just getting what she wants no matter what the consequences. But even with that, she only goes halfway. The movie never commits to being anything. But the major crime that this movie's guilty of is not being clever in the comedy. In this type of movie, that's the one thing that is unforgivable. This is a lazy movie. The movie's one hour and 41 minutes, which seems like days. It's rated PG-13 for violent content, bloody images, sexual material, language, sexual assault, teen drinking, drug content, and wasting everybody's time. I was excited. I was very excited because Diablo Cody wrote this. Now, think about Juno. what she's got on her resume. Juno, Jennifer's Body. I mean, she's got a lot of stuff, especially Juno. What a great, great movie. This ain't that, okay? I expected quirky and clever. This is not. I expected dark, but it never quite made it all the way to dark. I actually wish it had been horrible. If the movie had been horrible, I could rant about it. It wasn't even that. This is one of those times when I like to think I'm a heroic movie critic that have sacrificed myself so that you don't have to. But if you really <laughs> want to see it, you give it a couple of days. It'll be streaming really, really soon on something. My score so let me on ask you. Is one oh, go ahead. One, one button. button. Boy, haven't been that low in a while. I so uh, the name the name is intriguing. When I heard Lisa Frankenstein, I thought to myself, why hasn't somebody done this before? Why hasn't somebody said, let's let's link her to Dr. Frankenstein and see what she goes through life? Every time she's introduced at school, she's introduced as Lisa. Fra so is there any connection to Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein? Well, the only the only connection is that this body gets reanimated and there's a black and white sequence that shows her to have the bride of Frankenstein hairdo, the big hair. But yeah. her actual name in the movie is Lisa Swallows. And they... yeah, they, That's they, a different they, movie, Lamar. That, what, yeah, totally. I know. I know. Yeah. But, That's not PG-13, well, my friend. That's no. they made They made some lame attempt. And it wasn't even clever with that. It just, yeah. I was very yeah. disappointed. Very disappointed. Yeah. You, know, uh, you know, I'm so glad that you shouted out Warm Bodies. Because if you're listening right yes. now and you haven't seen that, save yes. your Lisa Frankenstein money and go yeah. find Warm Bodies on Prime or Netflix. It's it's somewhere. Okay. Movies so on clever. demand because so it's terrific. It's so mm -hmm. good. Yeah. Really One Bud. That yeah. is a rancid mm. review for Lisa Frankenstein. Do not go anywhere. It's Friday and we got so much coming up for you, including comedian Kayvon, the Bob and Cherry box office and your Zippy Zodiac. It's Bob and Cherry. Just in time for Love Month at the Bob and Cherry store, we have plush animals wearing a Bob and Cherry caricature shirt. We have bunnies, bears, jaguars, lions, and pandas, oh my. If you'd like to pick up one for the love in your life, or you want to get one for yourself, all you have to do is go on over to the Bob and Sherry store, conveniently located on the shop tab at bobandsherry.com.
instant access to the podcast, podcast, fun size, and more with the free Bob and Sherry app. All right, we're into the new year, a few weeks now. How's everybody feel about the new year? Everything great. going your way? Oh, yeah, just Every- great. So, uh, it, so far, so been- good. It's been nonstop self-care and indulgence for this girl. So yay, 2024. <laughs> well, good for you. But there are people out there, I'm telling you right now, they're very pessimistic. And that's not a good thing. No. That's not good for your health. So I would like to bring to the table how to shake off pessimism. And who better than me? This is, this is going to be soul. just great. Thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. Uh, this is from Dr. Sue Varma, who has some very helpful tips. So here they are. There's six of them. So we can be more positive and not make ourselves sick. Get to the root of your negative thinking and address it. Man, I got more roots than a beet field, you know? Um, there's, could it be my parents? Could it be an ex? No, I think it comes right down to the man in the mirror there. And that's a tough one when you're, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, you know it's what? me. You need to give yourself some grace. This is how your brain is wired and you have to, you've had to fight against it, you know? And yeah. I think the minute you say, it's kind of like trying to like fight against your hair, right? The minute you mm-hmm. say, you know what? I'm done with the fight. You suddenly mm-hmm. free your energy up to do other things. Your brain is wired to be looking for the trap, the trick, the insult, the bad news. And you've tried so hard to overcome that. All my so life, just, it's not helping. Yeah. I mean, no, it I has have, helped have, you. You've done, you've done well. You've really? done well with overcoming that in a lot of places. Yeah. Oh well, I should write a book. Yeah. The power of negative thinking. Is that what you're saying? Yes, dude. Do you, you know so that far? that would be a bestseller? You could totally do that. Really? Yeah. yeah. It would stand <laughs> out. It would stand out on the, on the self help books. It would stand out. No, I don't think so. Yeah, it, I don't think I can. It would that. Sound, I, I don't think I could do it. I'm not good enough to write that book. Um, the, <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Um, maybe not start your sentence with "I'm not good enough." Don't, if you could not start your sentence with "I'm not good enough," we may get somewhere. You know how sometimes would I? This is how pessimistic I can be. Sometimes I'd be out on the golf course, right? Beautiful day, it's 74 degrees. It's just gorgeous, and I push one into the woods. And what do I say after that? Is it, oh, my goodness. I say, why do you even come out and play? Why do you <laughs> suck so much? Why do you even come out and play? <laughs> that is so bad. All right, number two, have a realistic view of yourself and the world. Yeah, I went for years without a realistic view. I, th- I think I've arrived at Realisticville, though. I- I'm right here. This is this is what it's going to be. And it's good. You, you know, it's good. Do you know? Do you know what's even more important is having realistic expectations because oh, yeah. I think a lot of um, misery is driven by like these wildly unrealistic expectations. And part of it is the constant nonstop uh, crap that we take in in pop culture. Like you will not live like the Kardashians. You just won't. You right. won't have five 80,000 square feet mansions or a private jet. You won't have lips that can shield you from a typhoon. Like you're just not going to have that stuff. But we have like two generations of, of Americans now that have grown up thinking, yeah, I can do that. That that could probably happen for me. 
and it probably won't. That doesn't mean you can't have an amazing and beautiful life, but you're not going to have that life. No, not at all. I do worry about some people who see like the Kardashian lifestyle or really the lifestyle of any really, really rich people, you know, going uh, off the coast of Italy on a fantastic yacht for summer and people saying, well, I should have that. Well, you know, sometimes folks just got lucky. And so you can't beat yourself up for that. Uh, put a name on what's bothering you. Well, I have that. You know, every every time something negative comes in, I say, not now, Nikki. Away, Nikki. And I I guess it's helping a little bit. Um, I forget his name sometimes, but that's kind of bad. Um, claim the root cause. Claim, claim the root cause. I got more root causes than a beet field. You, you know, do. at harvest time. <laughs> hey, Bob, I want to, I want to, I want to set you free of this. Like, don't worry that sometimes you forget the name of the imaginary friend that causes all your grief because it, it would sometimes take years to remember the name of a coworker. You have to, you have to give yourself yeah. some room here. Okay. Some Mr. grace. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I tell right. you what, I tell you what names he can remember. Any coworker. You are so right. And once again, we're back to the root causes there. Thank you, Lamar, for bringing that up. Lamar, thank you for that. Because I want to say to everyone that ever worked with Bob, and you're like, wow, he just never remembered my name. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. That made you a good human being. Right. He likes you. He really likes you. Finally, reframe it. Ask yourself if there's another way of looking at the cause. And also, will it really matter in five years? So there it is. The, I like it. Was that any good? What I just That's broke? Was advice. that any? Yeah. Get away, Nikki. Get away, Nikki. <laughs> it's Bob and Sherry. Everyone Needs a Laugh is sponsored by Nissan. It's time for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comedian Kayvon. Flights are funny, too. How come every time you land, the pilot's like, we know you have many choices. Thank you for choosing our airline. We don't have many choices. There's a couple choices, right? You can go on, like, Southwest. They tell you little jokes. Hey, there's no smoking, but if you go on the wing, if you can light it, you can smoke it. Ha-ha. Or you go on, like, United Airlines. They got those grouchy flight attendants. They used to have young, beautiful flight attendants get your drink, come right back. That was in the 70s. Here we are 50 years later, it appears those same women are still flight attendants. <laughs> Retire! You can see them coming, they need the beverage cart now. I've been flying since before people were allergic. You're like, that's not a beverage cart, that's a walker with juice in it. Look at that go. Then you can go on these low-budget airlines, okay? Spirit Airlines. I think they get their flight attendants directly from the prison work release program. I don't know if you, one time I got on a Spirit flight and already the flight attendant, say it again, say it again. How dare you, say it again. I'm like, I hope he doesn't say it again. I didn't even know what it was. I just, don't say it, don't say it, sir. And she was talking to the pilot. Tension <laughs> If you don't know Spirit Airlines, they're great. The flight is $9. But here's how they get you. Go to check a bag or two, $300 extra dollars. 
And I knew that once, but all I did was I bought a motorcycle out of town. So I was just going to go get the motorcycle and ride it back home. How cool is that? So all I brought to the airport was my helmet. And the lady, I think she made like commission on bags. Because she's like, sir, you check your bag? I go, I don't got a bag. She's like, well, if you're lying, we're going to charge you double when you get up there. So you might as well be honest. I'm like, like I said, I don't have a bag. She's like, hmm. Okay. Okay. It's going to be like that. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to charge you $100. I'm like, for what? She goes, your helmet, that's a carry-on. I was like, not anymore. I put it on, you guys. <laughs> it was hot. She's like, you going to wear that the whole flight? I go, yep, I'm that petty. I'm saving $100. Let's get on the plane. <laughs> and the face of the people when I got on the plane, they're like, what does he know about this flight that we don't know? <laughs> I'm looking like Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> I found my seat and the lady's like, what's with the helmet? I mess with her. I'm like, we don't land for my stop. <laughs> I feel like Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible. Yes. Have you, have you ever, have you ever just said to yourself, why would it be against the law for me to carry a parachute onto a plane? You know, just to just to kind of relieve my anxiety, you know? I got my own parachute. Now, I'd probably pass out or not get the door open if I had to bail out. But still, the I idea think, that... I think you could if you had it really? in your carry-on. Yeah, so hear me out, Bob. So it's in your carry-on, and you get on board and, you know, check, get your bag put away and everything. Yeah. Then, yeah. you know how once the plane takes off, people will get up and rummage around in their carry-on? That's mm -hmm. when you take the parachute out, strap it on, and sit back down. Yeah, with about 200 eyeballs looking at you. Oh, I didn't say you weren't going to attract attention. Yeah. I just you said just there was a way to it. get it on. Yeah. I don't know why you and I, with all the traveling we've done, didn't say to one another, what, let's go online and try to find a parachute, you know? It's got to be there, parachute.com, right? Bob and I are such pushovers, but there were a couple of places that we really held the line. So I'm not going to name names, but we worked for a station, um, and the guy that owned it had a plane, like a you know, right. like a prop plane Four that he flew around, yeah. and he wanted us to come to the market for a visit. And Tony was like, "Yeah, well, okay, we will. Here are the dates, and um, here's what the airfare is going to cost." And he goes, "No, no, no, I'm going to come pick Bob and Sherry up in my plane." And Bob and Sherry said, nah, that's not how that's going to happen at all. That guy pushed us. Lamar, he pushed us and pushed us and pushed us. And and Bob finally was like, Bob was finally like, listen, I'm, it's enough that I have to work every weekend. Because this was in the beginning of when we syndicate the show. We literally worked three weekends out of four. I was like, it's enough I have to work every weekend. I'm not getting in some little plane with some guy I've never met. And flying around so that I can work mm -mm. every weekend. Mm -mm. Do I look like the big bopper to you? <laughs> right. And that was the end of that. Not everybody got that, but those that did liked it. <laughs> it's yeah. Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, fun size, and more with the free Bob and Sherry app. I'll tell you what, marriage is a minefield. 
you, you know, you think you just say something that's a compliment or at least it's benign. And all of a sudden, it's it's like war. So Mary's redoing the house room by room like there was some old carpet in one of the two of the bedrooms. You know, she wants that ripped up. We got this is disgusting. We're going to put down. OK, yeah, that, I like that. I want to repaint. I'm, I'm sick of agreeable gray. I'm going to repaint over here. And I'm going to take down this painting over here as you come in, put up a mirror that I'm going to find online. And so she's doing all this stuff over the last year. And she said, how do you think it's coming along? I said, I think the house looks better than ever. It looks fantastic. It's very uh, eclectic. And then there was a pause. And she said, boy, did you just say eclectic, boy? Boy, (laughs) that's not what I wanted to hear. And I said, nice boy, but he's got more nerve than a bum too. I said to her, why, why are you sounding like Foghorn Leghorn when you're talking to me? She said, boy, what do you mean eclectic? The whole thing doesn't make any sense. It's kind of crazy looking. No, no. Nice no, girl, but about as sharp as a sack of wet mud. She sounded exactly like Foghorn Leghorn. It came out of the blue. I have never heard her do Foghorn Leghorn. She's too young to know about Foghorn Leghorn. You know, he's kind of an acquired taste with, you know, Warner Brothers cartoons. You either know him or you don't. That boy's about as sharp as a bowling ball. She knew Foghorn Leghorn and then turned it on me. Turned it on me totally. Everywhere you turn, you have to be careful. It's you're insulting the love of your life, you know? <laughs> okay, I'll shut up. I just hope Foghorn Leghorn doesn't show up like, you know, in another part of our life. That would be... That would be I say, funny. I say you're bothering me, son. Yeah, I can Yeah, right, exactly, exactly. It's Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. We love to hear from our listeners. You can win yourself a me party box with the Scone Goddess Scones, a Maine Needham's sampler box, and more at bobandsherry.com. Something going on in your life? You can 24-7 call 844-52-SHERRY, S-H-E-R-I, or go to wherever you get your apps. Get the Bob and Sherry app, hit that little microphone, and let us know your thoughts. Hi, this is Ran. I need to just tell you how much I enjoyed the need to hold hands. Um, I've been with my man since 1997. That's 27 years. and. He took my hand before entering our favorite fish place for Valentine's Day. It was my best gift. Just thank you for all you do. You all are just wonderful and do a great job. I'm another longtime listener. Best wishes to you all. Bye. Very sweet. Was was the great oh, gift uh, wow. going to the fish restaurant or, or marrying? Uh, that, no, man. the hand-holding. Holding that hand. after all these the years... Oh, I see. But after all these years, he reached for yeah. her hand as they went Isn't into their favorite. I can't stand it when I see a couple walking across a parking lot and the guy's like five steps ahead of his wife. Oh, and you know it's his wife. Oh, you know I it's his that. wife because they have and that. Then he walks look. in the door. He walks in the door yeah. in front of her. <laughs> in front of her. Yeah. yeah. It kills me. It kills me. But where? You know what? I agree. Listen, I agree. Where do men learn those kind of uh, gentleman skills? 
from their and father, I know that uh, from, your, from your dad, from, from their dad. But I'm going to get yeah. 55 million DMs going. Well, women don't want you to open the door for them. Yeah, we do, and I'll happily open the door for you and your mama. Like, it, what can we yeah. just not be like? Uh, mannerly Arguing about and considerate everything. of each other. Do we have to yeah. argue about everything? But so you're I saying know. men learn this from their dads? They should. Well, no, no, I didn't learn it from my dad. Because my brother my dad, didn't learn it. Yeah, no, my brother didn't, didn't learn didn't it that way. It did you learn that from your dad, or did you learn it from I, the movies? I, I, as far as uh, being very polite to a woman. Yeah, from the movies more than anything else. But my father was respectful for the most part, at least publicly, to, of my mother. I think guys that have that five-step-ahead-of-their-wives thing after they've been married for a number of years, it's one of three things. They either did get that because their father was dismissive. They've been married so long that it's like you're, you're not a romantic couple anymore. It's just you got a roommate. Or number three, and this is the worst, it's um, he's dismissive of, of his wife. He, his life is not where it should be. And so he just takes on this aggressive uh, sort of approach to living. And it, it's a sad so, thing to see. So you guys, I have been following a very interesting um, conversation on Twitter about dead bedrooms. You know what that means, right? Like where, for whatever reason, all of the passion has gone out of the relationship. And mm -hmm. what something you said just reminded me of a big, long thread in there where it was um, this guy was talking about, yeah, I, I basically treat my wife that way because I'm not getting any and I'm angry. And so a bunch of people came. I mean, that was um, he said it differently, but that was the yeah, upshot yeah, of yeah, it. Right. Yeah, I get it. I get um, it. And a bunch of people came in and said, has it ever occurred to you? that you're not getting any because you're treating her this way and that it's kind of a vicious circle. And yeah. maybe if you showed a, the tiniest bit of warmth and kindness, um, you might be, you might be getting you some and he just wasn't hearing it. He, he wasn't having it. He felt like he was owed and that it was on her to give him some, and then he would be nice to her. And you know, <laughs> as I thought, right. It sounds funny. Right. But as I thought about it, as I thought about it, I thought about a lot of situations that I have uh, been aware of, and that is not a, at all a rare or unusual dynamic. How I do think you you're break right. that cycle of, yeah, how do you break, I'm treating you like this because I ain't getting none. Well, you ain't getting none because you're treating me like this. Well, until I get some, I'm going to treat you like this. Well, you're never going to get none if you keep treating me like this, right? So how do you break that cycle? I guess you have to go to couples therapy, which nobody wants to go to. I, I don't know what the answer to it. I think that is probably most of it. <clears throat> but also, I think sometimes perhaps one of the partners just says, you know, I'm done with that whole thing. You know, we've had kids. I'm, I'm just, I'm done with that whole thing. And if one partner says that and the other one is not interested in ending it, I think that is an issue too sometimes. Yeah, but how, I mean, you got to... Here's the thing, like there are people that don't want to end their marriage and break up their families for that, right? On both sides if, of it, they, not getting it, not giving it. Like, I mean, it's if, really complicated, isn't it? There is it's something been a fascinating that just can't, can't be changed. 
there, there, there are some things that just are, are not, we're human beings, you know? We're not machines or robots. Um, there's some things that just can't be changed. And it's frustrating to us to um, embrace that idea. Well, I'm just telling you, based on what I read in this multi-day thread, if you're mean because you ain't getting it, you're going to continue to not be getting it. <laughs> that was my takeaway from that. It's Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. So uh, we had another talkback message that we ran out of time for. And you can leave one if you have our free app. It's Google Play, Apple. Just tap the little microphone Bob and Center screen and talk. Or you can call us at 844-52-SHERI. Hey, this is Melinda from Presque Isle who hates summer. And a couple of things. I would love the vacation on Nantucket in the winter. I love the kind of gloomy beauty that winter brings to the ocean. And I know I'm in the minority, but that sounded lovely. And also, Bob, I think the gift you got for Mary's birthday sounded perfect. I love practical gifts. I would take them in a heartbeat, and you wouldn't even have to buy me a house. Anyway, thanks. I hope Mary enjoys them. I think she will. Love you guys. And take care. Have a great weekend. Bye. That is that is a practical New Englander, right? You have just <laughs> heard a practical New Englander. My wife wanted a carpet cleaner, and I know that's not a romantic gift, but she's thrilled with it. It's a Hoover, and it works great. And there's a, there's a woman that said, I would love to have that gift. You don't have to buy me a house. This is a practical pr- – you could hear it in her voice, you know? She's she's this, so used yeah. to the ice and snow and a long winter. Nothing. She is she is absolutely a solid New Englander. Um, but this is like like listening to her when when I have told you in the past, Bob, you are just such a flinty New Englander. I am not. But that is kind of like, do you see you see where like these are your people? You should embrace it. You should embrace your flinty frugal practicality. You should. Well, let's not get crazy. She really is. That's her life. I mean, I have been known (laughs) to blow a lot of what I've had over the years on various endeavors. You're definitely softer and bougier than she is. You, I mean, there's no question. Like if it, if it were the two of you you in a game of, yeah. In a a game of survive by your wits in this isolated cabin all February, you are, you, she's going to eat you. She's going to eat you why am I, like right off the boat, right off the boat. Why, am I, be why am I embracing the bouginess? I mean, why did I put myself in that, in that position? That was, that was stupid. You know, that's a good, you, yeah, that's you a think good she question. could take me we'll in a fight. You think, oh, you think oh, she yeah. could haven't take, seen her. Haven't seen her. She will beat yeah. you. Oh, yeah. She will beat oh, yeah. you. Yes. Yes. Is that, you. is that because you know me or is that because uh, you think you know her? From that I phone think she call. Could, I, listen, I'm t- I'm scared of her in my own self. I'm just telling you. <laughs> <laughs> listen, she, listen. Woman. I'm going to play the beginning of this. She tells you what she hates right oh. up front. Listen, listen. Hey, this is Melinda from Presque Isle who hates summer. <laughs> yeah. And buddy, I wonder, if you've got a problem with that, she don't want to yeah. hear it. She, she's telling yeah. you right now she hates it. And for people who don't know, Presque Isle is so far north in Maine, it's almost in Canada. (laughs) It's almost in Canada. It's way up there. Wonderful, wonderful town. Beautiful, beautiful place. There's a very specific kind of woman who hates summer. Like, Grandma Jackie hates summer. 
She hates the heat. She hates the humidity. It could we please just have a blizzard? She hates summer. And there's a certain kind of woman that does. And that kind of woman is a woman that will keep you alive at the end of the world. If you've got one of those women, do not let her go. Yeah, that's true. I wonder what she hates about it. Um, like Becky Sutherland, who was one of our longtime listeners, lives in Maine. And she just doesn't like, she calls it the humidity. It, compared to like the South, it's not humid at all. And it's 77 degrees. You know, what's the hate about that? I, I don't get it. They, I don't like it real hot, it. but yeah. You know how you hate things and it sounds insane when you say them and we're like, that sounds nuts, Bob. And you're like, I am what I am. I hate this. Like she just hates summer. <laughs> well, thank, thank you for summing me up to a new listener here. Jeez. I am one. Yeah, I heard this. I heard this new radio show. They, they got a mouthy woman, and and there's one guy on the show. Evidently, he hates everything. I don't know how he got the job. What are you talking chemistry, about? That I hate baby. everything. What are you? Chemistry. What are you talking? About? Oh, chemistry. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, you know how Bob? you are? Like, there'll be something that other people like, and you'll be like, no, I hate that. Bob, have you ever oh, like, tried it? No, and I'm not going to. I just hate that. Like brownies? But, like brownies? Is that Ranch dressing. The like, there's so many pie. things. Pie. Like, well, Bob, have I, you I ever had I didn't say I hated pies. I said I didn't trust pie. Have you ever pie. had that? Have you ever had what that? Was that? No, I've never had that. I've never had that. I hate that. I'm not, I don't want that. I'm never trying that. <laughs> Excuse me. Have you walked by the butcher's uh, place at a supermarket and see tongue? I've seen hey. tongue. Hey. I don't hey. want it. Probably one of the tenderest pieces of meat on the cow. I'm telling you. All yours. Awesome. All yours, brother. Awesome. I'm not eating that. Awesome. See what I mean? He's never had it, Lamar. And he's like, I hate yeah. tongue. I don't want tongue. Yeah. I'm not having no tongue. Yeah. You will eat anything. You would eat a pig's nose, wouldn't you, Lamar? You would eat a pig's nose. They say that's not bad either. I haven't had it yet, but I'm just telling you. <laughs> the tongue, it, tongue's good. Nah. Tongue's good. When they was the last time cheap, you had tongue? Cheap when, when, when I was in Japan. Best. When I was in Japan. And also, Japan. when I go to the Mexican restaurant, you order lingua, lingua tacos. Tongue lingua. tacos. That's, that's tongue. Yeah. It's tender. Guys, great meat. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're getting into some euphemisms here. All right, so uh, that was a very good call, and uh, enjoy hearing from uh, Flinty New Englanders or Flinty people from anywhere. It's Bob and Sherry. Can You Believe This is sponsored by Avatar, The Last Airbender, now streaming on Netflix. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Sherry's. I believe this shit. I believe this Well, I have to say, Bob, that you uh, will neither be able to believe this nor endure it. I'm just going to warn you right up front. Okay? What is it? What is it? So um, Max hunted this one down, and it's a, it's a really amazing story. So it, it's a man, back in October of this past year, he just wasn't feeling well, and he couldn't really put his finger on it. He said that um, 30 years ago, he had a neuroblastoma removed. That's a cancerous tumor. And um, it was inside his nose. And it was such a serious thing that it left him with a compromised immune system. So he started feeling kind of off. You know how sometimes you just, you don't feel right. You can't really put yeah. your finger on it. Like you're not yeah, yeah. sick, 
you don't have a fever, but you know that you're just not yourself. That's sort mm-hmm. of what was happening for my man here. And then he started getting these nosebleeds and they were constant. He said he couldn't even stand up to go to the bathroom without mm. his nose bleeding. And so he goes to the um, HCA Florida Memorial Hospital in Jacksonville, Florida. And he explains, I just, I'm having these nosebleeds. I don't feel right. This is my medical history. And the doctor on call, the uh, ear, nose and throat doctor on call that night was named Dr. David Carlson. And Dr. Carlson said, let's, let's take a closer look because you're not supposed, your nose shouldn't be bleeding like this. And Mm -hmm. what the doctor saw absolutely Mm. blew his mind. Mm. Um, This man had more than 150 live bugs living inside his nose. Now, I warned you, Bob, so you had a chance to, like, brace yourself for this. Okay, mister. Dr. Carlson said um, these were not microscopic bugs. Um, These were large bugs. The biggest one was as large as the end of the doctor's pinky. Um, Dr. Carlson said, quote, when the bugs feed, they also create excrement. Larva shed tissue and excrement, and that creates a toxic environment that created the inflammation because there was significant abnormality in that nose. Sir, you betcha. The man had 150 bugs in his nose. That is significant. How could he have them? How could he have them? How is that humanly possible? I mean, a, a bird lands on the roof of my house in the middle of the night and I wake up. Are you telling me that a man could sleep with all those insects in his nose? Especially well, one that's the size of a I pinky? Have to, I have to remind you that 30 years ago, the man had a cancerous tumor removed from inside of his nose. And chances are he had diminished sensation. Because, you know, when you do surgery, sometimes it causes nerve damage. The doctor said, we tried to remove the bugs with suction, but it clogged the suction. They were so large, Ah! we couldn't get at them with suction. We had to remove them one by one. And then my man, the patient said, and listen, it hurt because those bugs did not come out willingly. 150 bugs were uh, removed. And Dr. Carlson said, these bugs were right up against his skull base, right under the brain. Had they gone through, it could have killed him. Now, the patient said, I do not know how 150 bugs got inside my nose. But now listen to this, kids, because here's the important part. He said, but I was not as diligent as I should have been when washing my hands after handling dead fish. (laughs) This is this is an extremely this is an extremely rare case. And Dr. Carlson said he's been a doctor for 20 years. He's never seen anything like this in the United States. He said the vast majority of humans have an immune system strong enough to kill most parasites when they enter the body. But if you have a compromised immune system, like my man here did, then you need to be extra careful. He said, I'm not trying to scare anybody, but you got to wash your hands. The patient said, How's his breathing? How's his breathing now? It's better now, yeah. The patient said, I sure do love fishing, and I'm going to keep fishing, but I know that I have to change my lifestyle when it comes to handling fish. Before, I would just rinse my hands in the river, but now I'm going to do a better job, and I'm not going to touch my nose with my hands. Is he married? Is the guy married? Is he a married man? Um, I'm going to have to go with no. I, I just yeah. cannot believe that you could 
Well, I mean, who knows? There's somebody for everybody. But I feel like, Bob, if you had 150 bugs inside your nose, Mary Lacey well, would, would know. know. She could smell it. She, She'd oh, be yeah, like, Bob, right I smell live bugs in your nose. Like, she wouldn't know. She could smell it from st- four states away, which is where she would be living when she found yeah. out that her man was washing his hands in river water. We did not tell you this to gross you out. We told you this so that you would wash your damn hands after you handle a dead fish and don't touch your face. To me, right. that seems like the most basic public health information, but apparently it needed saying. This is Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. So I want you all to tell me how you would handle this. I'm going to describe some food and what was used to put this dish together and it's presented on a table with a lot of other things so it's like somebody was having a party there's some grapes there's a salad area a salt and pepper shaker and there's the main thing and this could be like the specialty say say it's bill and ellen's house and bill says you have got to try ellen's specialty here i will now describe it it is a tray with six full-length bananas, and they've been wrapped with slices of ham. So it's ham (laughs) around the bananas and then coated with yellow hollandaise sauce. And it's just Mm. sitting there and looking at you. I want to throw up when I'm looking at this thing. You know, I guess I could do the ham and bananas, you know, if I had to, but the yellow hollandaise sauce, which has sort of congealed over the top how do how do i get around not eating ellen's specialty there you have to hold your breath you got to hold your breath and just get it down as best you can are you kidding you have to she worked she worked hard on those ham wrapped hollandaise bananas you know she thought she was she's like oh bob lacy he's a foodie let me let me make something special to impress him I think that Ellen. And you know came what a great big two-faced phony you are. No, no, no. No. Here's the I, plate in front of you. Let's see it, Mr. Yeah. Bojangles. Let me see a little dancing around the ham hollandaise bananas. Bill, I can't believe you got you got a great one with uh, Ellen there. Not only is she pretty and smart, and she's got a job, but she can make this. I've never seen anything like it in my life, and I, I'm just, I'm going to get a picture of it. Can I, can I take a picture of it and send it to my brother? He would love this. Honey, too. did you hear that? Bob, she made extra. Why don't you put some in a Tupperware for him to take home? Oh, you're going to, mm. it's even better the next day. I don't get some people. It's Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Sherry Podcast. I read this article online, and something jumped out at me about the 10 things that Americans like to have a perfect weekend. Now, three of them didn't jump out at me, but the other seven have something that is common. So I'm going to get the, the bottom three out of the way. Uh, perfect weekend, clean, organize our home. Number nine, try a new wine. And number 10, cook or bake something new. I'm going to read the other ones. And what do they all have in common? Number one, go for a walk. Number two, Read a book, start to finish. Number three, sleep in. Number four, binge watch TV. Number five, play a board game for a perfect weekend. Number six, watch movies. 
And number seven, play video games. What do all those have in common? Entertainment. They're they're, you can do them by yourself. You're close. When I saw it, what jumped out at me was those were all things that we did when we were children. Every one of them. And so yeah. our perfect idea of a weekend, I mean, most of us don't have a yacht, right? Our perfect idea of a weekend are doing things that we did in our childhood. Go for a walk, read a book, start to finish, sleep in, binge watch TV, board game, movies, and video games. I didn't play video games. They didn't even have them when I was a kid. But all of those other things, I went, you know, I, I, I did those things when I was 10 years old. It's just how we want to be more, we want to be more childlike. And they say that we should be more childlike because we feel freer. There's not as many pressures, you know, to do something socially that's, I don't know, new to us socially that is going to have a pressure. We just kind of want to be kids again in many ways. Well, I would have to add, lie to the game warden about daddy and dress the cat up in doll clothes to that list. And these are things that I would very much enjoy doing right now as an adult. And you know what this reminds me of? I saw a really funny, I can't remember if it was on Twitter or where it was, but somebody had asked the question, tell me the stupidest thing you did as a kid. And one of the responses was, wish that I was grown up. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. It's so so true. true. And it's because you just, you have more freedom as a kid in many ways. I mean, you can't do this. You can't go there. You can't eat this. But in many ways, once you hit about 10 or 11, or even before that, depending on where you live, you have freedom to go and do something like on a Saturday and there's no pressure. Maybe you have a couple of chores, but there's no worrying about, am I going to get the, you know, work done over the weekend and all of that? And who likes me? Who doesn't like me? You're just kind of free, especially if you have a bike. It's, I think the 11-year-old boy in me has never really gone away. I don't get, I don't want to be the guy that says, I don't get these kids today, but I don't get these kids today that want to stay inside and, and look at a computer screen when you can go out and just look at stuff in the world. Going out, even if it's not, you know, even if it's not the most fascinating thing, just walking through your neighborhood and seeing, oh, there's that old guy that lives. Oh, oh, I didn't know that he look at that hot car he has in his his garage, you know, just kind of discovering the world. You got to be careful about blaming kids for sitting inside on screens and try to remember that these kids are the product of two generations of terrified stranger danger parents. You know, and a lot of these kids are kept on very short leashes and have been now. We're in our at least our second generation of that. So it drives me crazy when people, you know, these kids today and their screens. These are kids that have not had one unscheduled minute in a lot of cases. You know, all of their play activity is scheduled. They don't free range the way that I think you it's did too bad. And I, I understand what you're saying, but I think, and Lamar, you jump in. Don't you think that they're missing something by not just going out into the world and looking at stuff? They are. They are. But, but here's the deal. They don't know what they're missing 
And I can't right. say, I, I know I was one of those, my mom kicked me out in the front door and I'd hop on the motorcycle and take off and I'm 10 miles away and she ain't thinking a thing about it. Okay. She's not thinking a thing about right. it, but I right. didn't have, there was nothing to hold me in the house. There was no, only had three channels on TV. I, I yeah, tell you, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, if I'd had cable, I don't know what would have happened to me. I mean, I, hear I really you. don't. I really yeah, don't. yeah, I hear you. So anyway, let's, uh, let's um, focus on our inner child more, I guess. It's Bob and Sherry. Here's Bob and Sherry with Charlie King and the Zippy Zodiac. Let's kick it off, Charlie. Aries. Aries, you could find yourself surrounded by controversy this week. And even if you're not directly involved, it still feels quite heavy. So prepare some shovel-ready excuses for when you need to get yourself out of an uncomfortable situation quickly. Taurus, this week is about bringing clarity to your long-term plans by specifically defining your responsibilities and tasks. So play it safe reinforce the more important commitments and consider a tool like time blocking to help support you with time management. Gemini, this is an ideal week to celebrate individuality and let everybody do their own thing without expectations. And this gets highlighted by a friend or a partner or an acquaintance who has way more energy than you, leaving you feeling like it's a struggle to keep up with their pace. Hey, Lamar, Everybody's yeah. just doing their own thing their own way. How's that leg wrap and bandage situation with your wife working out for you? That sounds just It's like a, a work in progress. Uh, it's yeah, a work in progress. Is. I went to YouTube and looked at a video today trying to figure out how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's He's just killing it there, Dar- uh, Charlie. <laughs> All right, let's hop on over to Cancer. Cancer, you receive some crucial information which brings relief. And it allows you to more confidently handle life's unfolding events. You gain the kind of support that not only feels genuine, but also really helps you make progress in an important way. Leo, all kinds of passions and manifesting abilities are ignited. And this could be in the form of a new love in your life or a revitalized existing love, or even the pure amazement of how when you openly ask for what you need, you miraculously get exactly what you want. Virgo. For Virgo, this is the kind of week where things take longer than usual. So give everything extra time and put off making any big decisions that affect your personal life because there may be a few extra points to consider that are currently hidden from view. Mm. So put things off and there's something that's (laughs) possibly hiding from you. All right. That puts me in a comfortable state of mind. (laughs) That's what he likes to hear. Okay, Libra. (laughs) Libra, embrace your skills and explore the possibilities of your untapped talents. Follow the urge to change up your hobbies or activities and do something completely different and feel the novelty of new experiences creating more excitement for you. Scorpio. So this week may be full of false starts or a few missed opportunities thanks to so many responsibilities on your shoulders. You may not feel like talking much beyond what is necessary because all of your words are being used up to handle your personal life or some other serious matter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I can. Yeah. I I agree with that. As always. In fact, Charlie, I'm going to stop talking now. (laughs) 
Sagittarius, this week a sensitive situation may have you initially wanting to keep your cards close to your chest. However, the discovery of a secret or similarly unexpected disclosure calls for you to speak up with absolute honesty and say it as it is. Capricorn. Your attention turns to handling a schedule adjustment and when things get overwhelming, it could be helpful to maintain two calendars. One calendar for your personal time so you don't get sidetracked by the constant list of to-dos when you're supposed to be relaxing. And one calendar for your work time so that you don't actually get disheartened by the fact that you never really get time to relax. (sighs) I'm going to stop talking now, Max. (laughs) Wow. Aquarius. Aquarius, there's a building pressure and it just keeps on growing rather than subsiding. And it could make you this big ball of fidgety energy this week. You're on the brink of a complete 180 degree life turnaround. So make sure that it reflects more freedom instead of piling more on your plate than there are hours in the day. And Pisces, there is nothing wrong with distancing yourself from others when necessary. Feel your differences without guilt. And so long as you're being honest and fair and true to yourself, you don't know owe anyone explanations this week unless you want to on your terms. Okay, so would you say, Charlie, like overall that next next week sounds kind of uh, difficult for everyone? It's a crescendo week. Yeah, the things are coming up to the surface, bubbling up. How come good things don't ever bubble up to the surface, like cake or a day off? When when is cake going to bubble up to the surface? I wonder. I'm so sad. We'll get this posted up on uh, bobandsherry.com, B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com, and we'll share it over to our Facebook. And gosh darn it, I just know next week is going to be a cruise for all 12 of the signs. (laughs) It's Bob and Sherry. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry archive vault all right i'm gonna give you a choice would you like to know why i'm really really worried about my own subconscious Mm. or how squirrels may be the reason that leprosy came to medieval england (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna hit the chimes with my head it's under your paper So let me offer you again. These are your two choices. Why I'm deeply concerned about the state of my own subconscious or are squirrels the culprit behind the leprosy outbreak? Leprosy, oh please, leprosy, Sherry. <laughs> call on me. I'm waving my hand. Call on me. Bob, is there a third choice? There's no third choice. <laughs> you know, I really want to learn more about you. Like <laughs> but, um, you know, Mary raised those squirrels. So That's why I'm kind I thought, of into a yeah. squirrel thing here now. This is my new way that I'm going to get history and science on this show. I'm going to give him unpalatable choices, and then he's forced to go, I choose history and science. This is actually fascinating. Um, squirrels infected with leprosy brought the disease to medieval England along Viking trade routes. There was this wild craze like 1100 1200 years ago for Scandinavian squirrel belts <laughs> and so the vikings the vikings would bring them that's a lot of work to you know give to give somebody a coat 
The Vikings would bring them. See, they they dug up a skull that's 1,103 years old from somebody's garden Mm -hmm. in Suffolk, England. Mm -hmm. And they tested it, and they found that the skull was a skull of someone who had leprosy. And they identified the strain of leprosy. It was the same as other skeletal remains in Denmark and Sweden. And they said, oh, squirrel meat and squirrel pelts, which were like the filet mignon of their day, were traded by Vikings to people who lived in England at that time. They didn't have no squirrels in England? Well, these I got a were million Scandinavian in my squirrel pelts. Because for some reason, maybe, I don't know why, these were, these were like awesome squirrels. Yeah. Hmm. Think about that. I'm just thinking about it now. I'm just so glad I didn't uh, live back then. We, we would I, not have done Oh, that. man. The plague. That was a Leprosy, bad way to go. Plus, like, no indoor plumbing. Sleeping sleeping on hay. No memory foam mattress. Nothing. That's right. You'd have to shake hands with lots of people who weren't washing and their no, they did not. And they, they would blow their... They didn't even have toilet paper. Oh, please. How much of the population... Do you recall off the top of your head? How much of the population... I wish Alexa were here. <laughs> How much of the population was wiped out in Europe from the plague? Ooh, Todd, can I you... I mean, was it like a third? Was that huge. was different than leprosy. Yeah, that was the Black Death. That's no, I know, I know that. That's plague. That's I know. I, well, I don't want to invite either into my house. <laughs> but le- leprosy would kill you, right? Well, not necessarily. Really? But you would be ostracized. You'd have to go live in a leper colony and your nose could fall off. Like I said, you can choices. You can good. live without a nose. You know, you're right. You you uh, you can live with leprosy. Father Damien had leprosy in the Hawaiian island of Molokai. He took care of people with leprosy there, didn't he? You could. You can. Two hundred million people died of the plague. Yeah, seventy-five to two hundred million. So the population back then was probably what. Less than it is now. Yeah, I mean, that was well, it would probably be about two million people. So, yeah. But people, yeah, people live with leprosy. There are, there are people with leprosy today. Really? I mean, it's been mostly contained. Mm-hmm. But every now and again, and I think it's really easily treatable now in ways yeah, there that are it wasn't. People with leprosy yeah. Hey, hey, is not another show on the planet? <laughs> <laughs> Let me say it again. <laughs> it's talking about squirrel not, meat not and ju- leprosy. Not, ju- not just in the format. Not just in the United States. I'm saying the planet. Not one radio show. Don't you feel, don't you want to be unique? Bob, (laughs) 45 to 50% of the European population died during a four-year period with this. Wow, can you imagine? That's incredible. Almost half of your country, of of, of Europe, wiped out in four years? Well, I mean, if you jump up to 1918 in the flu pandemic, the numbers were were also devastating around the world. Is that right? Yeah. Do that math real quick for me, Todd. You charming juggler, you. (laughs) The the mortality rate of the 1918 flu pandemic, which also no other show in the world is talking about right now. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've noticed when we... uh find ourselves in these positions that we have this land all to ourselves there's usually one person who is presenting it well aren't you interested yeah aren't you interested in like the history of the world and our species and as a man who keeps pet squirrels don't you still have melvin and lucy living in your your we don't know where lucy went but melvin may be around she left melvin 
Well, or she left the world. I mean, who knows? They don't have don't a long. Know. They don't have a long life. I mean, the, the Once idea. Once again, just keeping that good time feeling going for our audience. How much? Sixty to hundred million people. And Fifty that was to hundred million in nineteen eighteen. In 19... of the flu. Of the flu. 1918? Yes, 1918, the pandemic. 500 million people were infected with it. Dang. So, see, the more you know. I know. And when humble squirrel, Frisky the Nut Squirrel, can bring leprosy to an entire nation. It's a dangerous world. It's an important thing to know about. It's Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. An unnamed farmer in the UK uses women's lingerie to support uh, sinking watermelons so that there's a it's, it's a whole new method to keep the watermelons out of the dirt okay um, all right what? <laughs> the what he does is he hangs a lingerie on the fence and then he puts the watermelons in the lingerie okay um, and people are making jokes about it and there's all kinds of comments on Facebook making all kinds of jokes but he's he doesn't care he says despite what all these people say this may be the best way to raise watermelons because the fruit can breathe because all this all the underwear is like the lacy underwear so there's a lot of air coming through the watermelons can breathe it keeps them from rotting on the ground it keeps them fresh one of the one of the people on facebook says i feel inferior even the watermelon is sexier than me and another <laughs> one says Lamar, you are turn you are turning me on so much. I don't know why. <laughs> one another one says farmers prefer lace panties as it's translucent, which makes it easier to observe and it's breathable. Um, it, but now here's what I, I'm looking at the pictures of this, and I didn't look at them long. Trust me, I just glanced at them. I didn't keep going back looking at them, but I, I couldn't help but notice sure. that all the pictures, the tags were still on the underwear. Does that mean at the end of the season? This guy's going to take the watermelons to market, and maybe he's going to return the underwear. Is he going to? I don't know. So be careful if you're in the UK and you're shopping for lingerie. If there's right. some sort of watermelon hey. smell, you might want to stay away from it. I'm just saying. I've got a question. Um, asking for a friend. Can you uh, point me to what brand of lacy sheer bras are holding those melons? I, I couldn't I couldn't see that close on the tags. I couldn't tell. It looked like Victoria's Secrets, but I don't know that he'd spend that kind of money. I don't know. Oh, but you how'd know, you, nothing how'd for you the- end up on this website? <laughs> That's none of your business. Hey, listen, I gotta go. This is Bob and Sherry. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast, the oddcast and talking Lamar. We would love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review. And maybe share it with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again so much for listening. Tis the month of St. Patty's Day. And here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter 
Recruiter's powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. 